0: Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School Podcast. This is episode 233. It's 8.30 a.m. I've been up since five, walked Hank. I've had breakfast, I've had a snack, I've had a coffee. I'm drinking my second coffee. Uh, We'll see how we go. My voice isn't warm yet because I haven't done a lot of talking today. But we got to start we got to start. I've got a huge day on. I've got a lot of podcasts that I want to plan, prep for, record. I've got a bunch of invitations that I want to send out for future guests. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot going on inside of Warrior School. I am, yeah, I am planning and getting ready for my trip home, which is in a couple of weeks. So we're just going to dive straight in, like straight to the point. Yeah. Uh, no long intro today. Uh, I ain't gonna share anything about my world. Um, Not that there is nothing going on. There's a lot going on. Uh, But we're just going to penetrate straight into today's topic, which is on heavy lifting. I was asked a question on the gram from Jenny. So shout out to Jenny. I always love when you ask me a hot question, I normally write it in the notes section of my phone, and oftentimes it will be turned into a podcast episode if I already haven't done a podcast episode on it. So Jenny asked me, how heavy should we be training? Can you speak to more of that as far as going to failure or reps and numbers? Love it. I love this question. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How heavy do you need to be lifting? I have done a podcast episode on strength training before. It is episode 172, Strength Training 101. So if you haven't whacked that in your ears, I highly recommend that you do. It will give you, uh, it's kind of like a 101 on strength training. Some foundational knowledge about strength training. Today, we'll focus more specifically on the weight that you want to be lifting to build insane strength, to build muscle, uh, to create the body that you love. But before we dive into today's podcast topic, you know, you know me, I've always got to chuck in, you know, an idea or a concept or a learning or a conversation that I've had. And I do this because... I think it's helpful, well I hope it's helpful when it comes to all of this health, training, fitness stuff for you. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about. So we're going to talk about it and then I promise we'll dive straight into today's uh, topic. So I was on a call with one of my warriors last week and she was talking about her stress and trying to manage her stress. She's newer into Warrior School and we're really, really, really focusing on her nutrition, her nutrition strategy, her energy and her recovery and sleep. So she wears a whoop and uh, her sleep isn't great. Her recovery isn't great. Her HRV isn't great. So our work or our strategy is really focused on improving those things. So we were talking about stress and how she, you know, she's feeling really stressed. There's a lot going on in her life. And we spoke through the nutrition stuff and we spoke through the sleep stuff and we, we came to the training. And so she's training in a way that is meeting her where she's at right now. We tweak some of the training just based on, you know, what her body was telling us through the data, through her feedback her metrics. Are. And then I asked her to talk me through a training session, what she's doing in that training session. And turns out, <laughs> which I can often see, so all of my warriors, they send me notes and, and or they send me videos so I can watch them train, give them feedback, And I can always tell from their notes and their videos what state they were in, what state their nervous system was in and what state their mind was in. Just the way that they write their notes or you can see it in, you know, in their movement in the video. And so for the past few sessions when she was writing her notes and and sending me videos, I noted down in my notes that I wanted to talk to her about how she was showing up in her training sessions. So I asked her to share with me how she thought she was showing up. (laughs) Turns out that (laughs) she was distracting herself in between her sessions. She was trying to rush through her training. Uh, for the last few sessions there wasn't you know very many notes or a lot of videos uh, because there was a lot going on uh, in her world and her life. and so what we spoke about was this idea of slowing down in the training session. And often when a woman comes into warrior school, I slow her way down. I slow her way down in the training. Because training is about, it's helping you reconnect to yourself. It's helping the mind reconnect to the body. A lot of women that I work with, it's they have a disconnection problem. So most women think that they have a weight problem. But what I see is a disconnection problem. There is this permanent disconnection between the mind and the body. There is a lack of understanding and trust uh, around our body. And so training for me is a way to help a woman reconnect to her body, reconnect her mind to her body. And in order to do that, we've got to slow down and we've got to pay attention to what we're doing. (laughs) in our training. And this is why I start with body weight strength training. It's because it slows you right down. This is why my main focus is on standards and qualities of the movement, because in order to execute a movement properly, in order to be able to powerfully and gracefully move your own body, that requires a lot of attention. It requires you to slow down and so she was checking social media in between her uh, sets. Uh, she was doing the washing. She was on the phone to <laughs> to uh, the principal at one of her child's schools. She was doing all of these things and then rushing through the training. And that's, that's creating more stress. And so one... <laughs> One example that I gave to her was that you wouldn't go on social media or make a call or write an email or start the washing while you're having sex, would you? Well, I would really hope that (laughs) you wouldn't start to scroll Instagram or make a call or write an email or, you know, start doing the washing while you're having sex with your lover. So... One thing that can ruin sex is being distracted. And it's the same as training. One thing that can ruin our training sessions is being distracted. And a lot of my women really struggle with this just sitting and resting. When I program their rest, I have to put it in caps, highlight it, bold it, saying, You need to rest for this long. Like, it's really important. And we don't want to do that because, well, if we do it, we're distracting ourselves. So we're picking up the phone, we're scrolling social media. And I invited her to do a bit of a quest and a project for me, which was in between her sets, she just sits there and rests. She doesn't touch her phone. She doesn't do any task or anything else. No calls, no emails, no washing, no tidying. She trains from home. So the women that train from home and if you train from home, I'm sure that there's been many times where you've gone to, you know, you're interrupting your training session with all of these other tasks and it takes it away. It It takes the power away from the session and from the intention of the session, which is to connect you to your body. So if we want to be in a powerful relationship with training, we have to treat it like we would an intimate relationship. So it requires respect. It uh, requires really being in our bodies. It requires us to pay attention, slow down, bring quality to the movement It requires us to ask questions like, what did training teach me today? What did I learn? How does it feel? It requires really the same uh, foreplay, (laughs) uh, preparation, attention and focus as sex, as an intimate act. So when it says rest, I mean literally rest. Sit there. Do not touch your phone, except if you are filming your lifting. If you are filming yourself training or moving, then you can touch your phone because then you could watch the video and you could learn from that lift or that movement because sometimes how it feels uh, can be very different to how it looks and vice versa. So filming your training, which I've spoken about before on the podcast, is a really powerful tool So that is the only time that we touch our phone. We do not want to be replying to texts and making to-do lists and, you know, emailing and talking on the phone. And that is so disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the practice, to the training. It's disrespectful to yourself. This is your time. And this time if it's used powerfully and properly, will help you get where you want to go. But if you're filling it with distraction, if you're rushing through it, if you're not giving it the time and attention it needs, you will not progress effectively and efficiently or as effectively and as efficiently as you want. So this week in your training, I invite you to remove distraction. I don't even train with uh any music on <laughs> when I was training at home for like three or four years out of our apartment we had a whole studio set up here and I would train in silence like I can spend my whole day in silence and I can train in silence that very much comes from Olympic weightlifting the only thing that I would listen to when I was Olympic lifting was classical music unless we were at barbell club and then our coach would put on you know some really cool hip-hop uh, music but when I was training on my own I never wore headphones and most of the time it would be silence or classical music and when I go to the gym now I'm like the only one <laughs> that doesn't have headphones on and people are always like you don't wear headphones that is so weird or so strange and I say to them Like, I can't have something in my ears. It's distracting for me. It's distracting to have something so close to my brain or my mind when I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing. And especially if you're trying to learn something, something that's technical, if you're trying to execute something that's really complex, you really can't afford to be distracted. You really need to be focused. And so having something coming in in your ears so close is really distracting. I that is my belief and so I don't train with anything and to be honest I hardly hear the music at the gym Carson will be like did you hear this song or did you hear this song and I'm like nope I didn't really like I kind of know it's there but I I don't know what's playing like I'm not aware and so this week I invite you to remove distraction turn off the tv turn off the podcast, turn off the music, (laughs) Um, please put the phone away unless you are filming yourself and what I would recommend is put it on aeroplane mode while you're doing your session so that means or at least silent like my phone lives on do not disturb It will never make a sound. Carson gets so infuriated with me because he'll try and text me or call me and I won't get it because my phone goes on Do Not Disturb at 9 a.m. in the morning and it doesn't go off Do Not Disturb until 6 p.m. in the evening time. (laughs) So I invite you to put your phone on Do Not Disturb or aeroplane mode and you can still use the video function, but... Do not use the the communicative functions on your phone. You can do it. You can do it for 45 minutes or 50 minutes or an hour. You're going to be okay. And I promise you that, yes, you're going to feel friction. You're going to have this like urge to like want to reach for the phone because the brain just wants to get hit by the dopamine that we get from being on our phones. But... I promise you that you will get more out of your training if you rest, if you treat it like you would an intimate relationship, if you treat it like you would having sex. Okay, let's start. (laughs) How much weight do I lift? (laughs) How much weight do I lift, Amy? So... Optimal strength training requires us to develop multiple types of strength. And we want to try and do that at the same time. Not always super easy, but if we can and if we have proper programming, it depends on our foundation as well. We want to try and pull in all different types of strength training. So I think this is a really cool place to start. When you're asking the question of how heavy should I be lifting? What we really want to talk about is the three types of strength training so we have absolute strength, relative strength, speed and power. Now you may have also heard it in the terms of maximum strength, uh, this idea of like hypertrophy training so building muscle uh, you, may, you maybe you've heard of muscular endurance uh, and so I'm going to ter- turn Talk about it in terms of developing our absolute strength, our relative strength, explosive power and speed, because these three types of strength are really important for us as women, women in our 30s, in our 40s, who want to prepare well for our 40s, 50s and beyond. So let's talk about what is absolute strength. So absolute strength is kind of how it sounds. It's the maximum amount of force exerted regardless of muscle or body size. And it's represented as your one rep max uh, in lifting. So what you can lift for one rep. It's considered the queen of strength because any improvement in your absolute strength, you know, any improvement in being able to squat or pull more weight off the floor will result uh, in increases in other strength. So increases in your relative strength, your speed and your power. So west side Barbell, which I believe I spoke about on last podcast episode well episode 172 strength 101 I think I mentioned Westside Barbell Westside are known they are like Louis Simmons who created Westside Barbell is the king of making people so freaking strong and they implement maximal effort uh, twice a week to improve both upper and lower body absolute strength. So, when performing max effort training, they focus on working up to a top set of one to three reps, working within 90 to 100% of your one RM during the final few sets. By doing this, what we do is that we recruit the largest motor units, leading to improvements in absolute strength. With those improvements come other benefits. So we're more durable, we're more resilient, uh, it leads to a decreased injury rate, it improves our injury recovery rates, it improves our relative strength and our speed and our power. Really simply, the more absolute strength we can build, so the stronger you are, the more capable and tougher you are. So we want to be working at least twice a week. We want to be hitting absolute strength. So we want to be working really low reps at a really high percentage. So to do this, what we need to know is what's our what's our one hundred percent? What's our one RM for a squat, for a deadlift, you know, for a press or a push? Or uh, we we need to know that because we want to be working at percentages, and then we're most likely doing higher sets and lower reps at that really high percentage range compared to if you're working speed and power you're working higher repetitions uh and at a less percentage so you're probably only around you know 50 to 60 percent for speed and power but the focus is on the force production and we're probably doing more reps at that uh at that percentage. So the first one is your absolute strength, your max strength. And we want to know, okay, what is my 100%, my 90 to 100%? And then we're going to work there, you know, one to three reps. uh, And we want to do that a couple of times a week. Now, I'm going to go deeper into this about how we might approach it and how it might all fit into, you know, our training plan. The next one is relative strength. So relative strength is the amount of strength to body size or how strong you are compared to your size. So relative strength really reflects a person's ability to control or move their body through space, which I think is really important. I think this is really vital. And this is why I'm such a big uh, advocate and believer in body weight strength training and gymnastic strength training. Your body is a tool. And you should, uh, you should know how to use it and you should be able to own the movement of your own body and you should have good relative strength. Now, smaller individuals often have higher relative strength. So that's why a lot of the time when you look at gymnasts or hand balancers uh People that are very good at body weight strength training, at that complex skill-based training, are often quite small people (laughs) Uh, and have the lever lengths. Uh, Lever lengths are a really big player when it comes to relative strength. So the smaller the individual or the smaller the lever system, often you'll have higher relative strength. Compared to someone who is very tall and has a really long lever system, doing a lot of body weight strength movements or their ability to control and move their body through space isn't as great. So their relative strength isn't as high. <laughs> a common example of relative strength would be gymnastics. So gymnastics movements involving our own body weight So someone with a really sufficiently high level of relative strength are less fatigued and are likely to be more efficient at moving that body weight in space. So for example, someone that, you know, I could take a power lifter who might be able to bench press a lot, deadlift a lot and squat a lot and ask them to do you know, a lot of pull-ups or chin-ups or something on the rings, and they potentially are not going to be super efficient at moving their body weight in space. And that will have to do with, yes, their absolute strength, but also their size, the size of their body. Then the third one is speed and power. So how much force can we produce in a movement. So speed and power often focuses on being at a lower percentage. So we're talking like 50 to 60 percent of our max and focusing on the force production. So we can break them down into those three sections, lifting maximal loads Uh, Our relative strength or lifting non-maximal loads, uh, which is more of a repeated effort method, and then lifting non-maximal loads with speed, which is more of a dynamic effort. So strength is built by creating a new stimulus on the muscles and therefore the body has to adapt and become stronger to counteract the force applied So for many of you, you can actually just begin with using your own body weight and working through body weight strength and improving your relative strength. Then we can start to add weight and we can work on improving our absolute strength, lifting really heavy shit, working up to maximal loads we can also work on speed and power, and that can be through weightlifting, moving uh, faster, producing more force. It can also be through things like sprinting and plyometric work. So strength is built by creating a new stimulus on the body, on the muscles, and they the muscles then have to adapt and become stronger to counteract the force applied. So for a lot of you, you can begin with just using your own body weight and working through body weight movements or gymnastic strength training. This is really important for a couple of different reasons. One, it really works on your relative strength. Uh, Two, we're focusing on the standards, the qualities, the range of motion, uh, the control, you know, you owning your body before we add external load. And so I really like to start with relative strength, uh, body weight strength and gymnastic strength training. Then my women progress towards weightlifting. And the intention with the weightlifting is to work towards absolute strength and really lifting heavy loads. Uh, And we'll talk about what heavy is in one hot minute. Uh so in episode 172 I spoke about exercise selection. So where would you start? Like what exercises are you working on? And I also spoke about progressive overload. So how do we make it harder over time? I just wanted to touch on both of those things for a hot second before we go into lifting heavy weights because lifting heavy increasing the intensity or the weight on the bar is a is one variable of progressive overload but there are many more so when it comes to exercise selection you know what am i training if i'm thinking about i want to get stronger i want to lift heavy loads i want to build more muscle what do i what am i working on my number one priority is to train the muscles that are weak To look at the injured part, the weak part, the um, imbalances first. When a woman comes into warrior school, that's where we start. Then we want to train the large, proximally located muscles. So in the trunk area, we've got the abdominals, the spinal erectors. We want to train the legs and the upper body. We want to do this through compound movements and or basic gymnastic strength training. So just kind of want to pause here for a second and talk about something that was taught to me by my coach, who was taught by Ido Portal, who is kind of like the godfather of the movement culture. And the the really cool thing about Ido's work and Jules, my coach's work, was this beautiful way that they taught the process and the method, the standards and the qualities. And this idea that the upper body craves complexity and volume and the lower body craves intensity. So the lower body meaning the legs and the hips crave intensity, intensity being more load. So heavier weight Whereas the upper body actually really craves complexity and volume. So the upper body really loves doing gymnastic strength training. It loves hanging. It loves doing hand balancing or handstands. It loves developing the pull up, the chin up, the push up. And with all of those movements, there are multiple layers or we can make them more complex by progressing them but we're still only using our own body and that is developing our relative strength. Yes, we can train our upper body in terms of absolute strength so how much can we bench press, how much can we strict press, how much can we do a strict pull-up for, you know, we can add weight to our body. We can work absolute strength with our upper body But what the upper body really craves, especially as you're building your foundation, it craves that body weight strength, that gymnastic strength training. It craves the complexity. So you increasing how hard the movement is and doing more volume, whereas your lower body really craves intensity. It craves craves lifting heavy loads. So squatting heavy weight. Deadlifting, you know, pulling off the floor, doing RDLs, doing heavy single leg strength work, doing compound movements. We want to focus on the range of motion, the quality, the control in our movement, both upper and lower. And we really want to focus on sub maximal and repeated efforts. So, not max efforts, especially if we're just starting. Uh, we we're more working on that relative strength, and if I had my time again, I would work way more on my speed and my power. I did Olympic weightlifting, and so Olympic weightlifting is a power and speed based sport. So I was training it a lot, but I do wish I did way more accessory work uh, and around my speed and power. And that's something that I'm really working on now because we lose it as we get into our 30s and our 40s. It declines faster than our strength. And so we'll lose it if we stop training it, essentially. So we want to keep training our speed and power. When it comes to progressive overload, there are a number of ways that we can make our training harder. So we can do it through... Uh, making, like reaching the qualities and the standards of the movement. So am I actually executing the movement properly? Am I uh, doing it to the full range or the full depth? And can I control it? Am I doing it to the prescribed tempo? So that would be the first variable that I would get you to focus on in your training. Before you think about making it more complex or adding more weight to the body or the bar, are you meeting the qualities and standards that are being demanded of the movement? Can you do that movement through its full range of motion? And can you control your own body or the weight through the range and do the required tempo? Once you've worked on that, then we can look at the other forms of progressive overload, which is increasing the volume of work that you're doing. So the reps or the sets are It could be increasing the intensity, so the weight that you're lifting, which is what we're focusing on today. And then it could be looking at the density of the session. So reducing or playing with the work rest ratios. So if we want to build absolute strength and relative strength, we want to be playing around, you know, a certain rep range We don't want to be working into higher rep ranges because that really builds like muscular endurance uh, and that doesn't have a carryover effect to our absolute and our relative strength. So we want to focus on absolute strength. So doing max strength training, things where you can only lift for one to three reps and then submaximal. Would be those two, three, four, up to five to six reps. So no more than five or six reps, and then doing body weight strength movements that are can increase in complexity will improve your relative strength. So you may have heard it, uh, in the terms of you know strength train. So lift heavy shit. What they talk about is that lift you Know, do six reps or less. That is pure maximal or absolute strength training, less than six reps. Now, West Side Barbell would say it's even lower. It's one to three reps for that absolute max strength. And then sub maximal is, could be three to six reps. Then they'll have their um, dynamic, their speed, and power. So, in the the fitness world they kind of talk about it less than six reps is like heavy you know good for lifting heavy shit eight to eight to like 15 is hypertrophy Uh, and then anything over like that 15 20 is more endurance or even speed work depending on what type of speed work you're doing because if you're squatting with bands in a bar and it's under load you're not going to do that many reps whereas if you're doing speed work in the forms of, uh, in the form of sprints uh, or plyometrics we could do more volume or more reps at that with that movement so heavy lifting doesn't necessarily mean adding a shitload of weight to the bar <laughs> heavy varies from person to person This is really important. Heavy is relative to where you were at in your journey. And it just really refers to the weight that you can lift in that range. So we're going to say like one to three reps is really working your absolute strength. And then that three to six reps is working that sub max strength. So anything less than six reps. So we really want to think of heavy as that one to six rep range. Moderate as the six to ten rep range, and light as any more than 15 reps. So, if you're looking to improve your absolute strength and performance, we need to stick to a weight that falls in your heavy range a weight that you can lift for three to six reps. For it could be two, four, five, six sets, it depends on where you're at, your training age, uh, your foundation, your energy, there's a lot of variables. We want to think of this sweet spot like we would uh, a rate of perceived exertion. So RPE was is really used in the aerobic space, so you know the running space, and that was to gauge the training intensity and endurance. So out of 10, you'd be sprinting like Usain Bolt, like down that track, You know, you're going 100%. Five would be like a jog uh, and at around a seven or an eight, you'd be running. A zero or a one, you'd be going for a light walk. So we can take that model and we can transfer it into the strength world. So for heavy, your heavy range should fall between an eight or a nine. It's a similar exertion to running at a fast pace, but not a full sprint. A one rep max, so you lifting or squatting, your one rep would be a 10, would be a full on sprint. A moderate weight would be around a five or a six. And then really light weights that you could just do forever would be around that one to two mark. So that is a way that you could gauge the rate of perceived exertion. So perceived just means subjective. Now, for someone starting out, you ain't going to be good at this. Uh, It can take a really long time to get really good at knowing your RPE or knowing your reps in reserve. So another thing that we could use is reps in reserve. So absolute strength or max strength, we're talking about a zero to one to two reps in reserve, which means that we couldn't do another rep or we might we might be able to get out one, maybe two. Moderate or that submaximal strength, we might be working at a two to three to four reps in reserve. Then light would be like, over five or six reps in reserve like we could keep going so this is another way to gauge how heavy should i be lifting so we've got the rpe of what is it out of 10 for you when it comes to strength training so lifting weights we're always aiming for an eight or a nine out of ten so that's pretty damn hard like it should feel hard We're aiming, if we're training absolute strength, we're aiming for only a rep or two left in reserve. If we're warming up or we're doing something at a moderate weight, we want like three to four reps left in reserve. Reps in reserve also takes a while for you to learn. You need to put in the you need to put in the reps. (laughs) AKA you need to put in the time uh, to learn what your reps in reserve are. The only way that you're going to learn that is through, I'm going to probably say years, (laughs) years of training. Uh, I believe to get really good at these two things, it's going to take at least a couple of years for you to truly know your RPE and your reps in reserve and then feel really confident when you're in a session to know that this weight that I'm choosing, I know that it's an RPE of an eight or a nine out of 10, or I know that I truly only have one rep left in reserve. That just takes time, it takes practice, it takes you undershooting, overshooting, you know, overshooting and failing, undershooting and doing more volume or work than required. And that's, Part of the practice, and that's why we need to keep, you know, we need to be using an app and writing notes or keep a training diary, is because this is the important stuff. You learning that, okay, that weight that I picked, if I'm aiming to lift heavy weights, how many reps did I have left in reserve, truly? And what RPE was that? Then you can learn from that movement or that session. And then the next session, you adjust, you modify, you adapt based on the feedback that happened in the previous session. So I'm a really big fan of milestones. And so I wanted to give you some milestones, some strength milestones to aim for. So I've picked a couple of key movements, because when we're talking about, okay, how heavy should I be lifting? Well, heavy is relative to where you're at. So if you're just starting and you have a lower training age and you've never done strength training before, you're a beginner. And so I wanted to talk through what, what would be um, a milestone weight for a beginner and for someone who's intermediate and then potentially someone who's more advanced. So uh, does that sound cool? Okay, so let's look at the squat. So how much should I be able to squat? And when I'm talking about a squat, talking about uh, a back squat but we can front squat you know we can goblet squat we can Zercher squat we can do bottom up squats we can do overhead squats there are many forms of squats but one of the key foundational movements is the squat is a back squat so for a beginner a really cool goal would be 30 kilos And I realize that there's probably people listening that are poundage, so let me also talk in pounds. So 66 pounds, that would be a really cool average squat weight for a female beginner to be able to squat 30 kilos or 66 pounds. That would be the first milestone that we want to work towards Uh, and keeping in mind That we want to be lifting heavy we want to be working our absolute strength so this milestone is for that rep range of six and under so we want to be able to squat this weight for six reps or less now while we're just learning we might only be able to do that for one or two reps for multiple sets As we get stronger, we can increase the volume at that load so we can do more work at that weight. And we might do more reps and reduce the sets. So there are many ways that we could manipulate this. But for my warriors, that might be like our first milestone. So we might be starting with a lot of mobility work, stability work, body weight strength, like leg work, a lot of single leg strength work then we start to develop their squat. So for a lot of them, we'll do war cyclist squats using their own body or goblet squats. And they might only start off with their body weight. Then they might be adding, you know, 20 pounds, which is like nine or so kilos, and then maybe 30 pounds. And then we'll slowly progress to there. But my first milestone for them is to get them to that 30 kilos or that 66 pounds for at least a couple of reps for multiple sets for someone who's been training for a while you should be at around 70 kilos for your squat the average squat uh, squat weight for a intermediate female lifter is around that 70 to 75 kilos for a one rm so that would make you intermediate On a strength level. And that's pretty impressive uh, for a female to squat 70 to 75 kilos. Often that is around our body weight. So, a goal that I give my warriors that have been, you know, built their foundation, met that first milestone is the next big milestone is we try and get a body weight squat or a desired body weight squat. So, if you're not at your desired body weight, we would pick your desired body weight and we would choose that as the next milestone. So 70 kilos is 154 pounds. So that would be an intermediate uh, milestone for you to work towards. So 154 pounds, or 70 kilos, or 75 kilos is, I'm using my calculator as I work this out, is 165 pounds for a 1RM. Once we work towards that milestone and reach that milestone, our work then becomes, okay, can we improve the amount of volume that we're doing at that one RM weight and slowly increase the amount of work we're doing at that milestone, which helps us move or progress to lift more weight over time. Okay, so to recap, beginner, super beginner that's learning to squat, your first milestone is 30 kilos or 66 pounds. If you're a novice and you've been doing it for a little while, but less than a year, you want to aim for about 48 to 50 kilos, which is about 105 pounds, uh, 105 to 110 pounds for your 1RM. And then you want to work on increasing uh, the amount that you could do. So it would be really cool to be able to do six reps at that. And then what would happen if you can do six reps at that 105 or 110 pounds or that 48 to 50 kilos, that means that your absolute strength is increased uh, and you can lift more weight or by focusing on increasing your one RM through volume and. Uh, practice and time and working on accessory work that's going to increase your relative strength so your one rm might be 48 or 50 kilos or 105 or 110 pounds that you can just do for one rep you might be able to do that for five six seven eight nine ten sets and doing that will help you increase your relative strength so you might be able to lift 40 kilos uh, which is 88 pounds for six reps because your absolute strength is higher. So the goal is to always try and improve our absolute strength, and as a byproduct, it's going to improve our relative strength. But we can still train our relative strength, that submaximal strength, something that we're lifting for, you know, three, four, five, six reps. If you're intermediate, you're about 70 to 75 kilos. Uh, which is, I said the pounds before. I've got my calculator here. I have everything written in kilos because I work in kilos. And so you can figure it out. It's uh, the kilos times 2.2. If you're an advanced lifter, so someone who's been training for a long time, the goal or a really cool milestone for your back squat would be 103 kilos. Uh, So 100 kilo squat is a pretty pretty cool badass thing for a female who is more advanced so for example someone like me who's been training for a long time haven't done a hundred kilo squat in a while but I have previously done a hundred kilo squat before and then someone super elite like that would compete you know in a Olympic lifting or a power lifting they would have you know and and even heavier squat than that there's some uh really really strong badass women out there like the chinese olympic weightlifters the olympic weightlifters uh, that can squat you know 130 140 kilos which is a lot (laughs) so basically you could do a ratio another way that we could break it down is if you're a beginner you want to be squatting about half your body weight. If you're a novice, it's about 75% of your body weight. If you're intermediate, it's 1.25 times your body weight. If you're advanced, it's one and a half times your body weight. And then elite, it's twice your body weight. Okay, so let's go. What's the next one? Let's go deadlifts. Deadlifts. Okay, deadlifts could be Sumos, conventional, uh, and I'm not going to specify, but let's just say like the average normal deadlift off the floor. So for a beginner, it's about 38 kilos, which is about 84 pounds. Uh, And then for an intermediate, it's about 87 kilos. So the average deadlift weight for a female is about 87 for a 1RM. And that's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. We want, if you're a beginner, you should aim for that 38 kilos, which is the 88 pounds. So that's about half your body weight. So it's the same thing in the ratio. We're always looking around half the body weight if we're a beginner, about body weight if we're a novice for the deadlift. If we're intermediate, 1.25. If we're advanced, 1.75. If we're elite, two and a half times our body weight. So for a beginner, we're talking 38 kilos, a novice, about 60 kilos, intermediate, about 87 kilos, advanced, about 120. And if you're elite, we're going up, we're going up there. We're like in the 140s or 150s or 160s. Uh, so that would be for a deadlift uh, and pull-ups. Let's talk about pull-ups. So for a beginner, none. <laughs> You shouldn't be able to do any. You'd be working on your hanging for sure. Uh, You would be working on your arm accessory work, your pulling accessory work. For a novice, you may be able to do one, maybe. But I would still probably say that you would be working on feet assisted pull ups and chin ups, chin up and pull up negatives, holds at the top, still working on your arms and your pulling accessory work. If you want to be able to do pull-ups, I highly recommend that you purchase my pull-up course, which will teach you all about milestones and how to progress towards getting your first strict pull-up. The link for the course is in the show notes. We're more talking a person that's intermediate will have a pull-up and a, you know, the average female who is intermediate with her training can do about six reps, six pull-ups and then advanced, you're working, you know, above 10 or 15 and then elite, even higher than that. But so for myself, for example, you know, I could easily, well, maybe not right now because I've had a month or so off my upper body training and I've got a shoulder thing going on. But normally in my, in my prime, when I'm doing a lot of pulling work, you know, I could easily bang out eight or 10 at a time if I want Uh, And for me, it's not so much about volume anymore. It's about the complexity of the movement. So trying to make the pull up as hard as I can uh, and doing less reps. But a goal for you to get to would be your first one, which would be great for a novice. Uh, And then intermediate, you want to, you know, you want to be able to do at least five or six reps in your pull up. What about push ups? Again, if you're a beginner not none you shouldn't you probably wouldn't be able to do a full strict push-up on the ground which is totally cool you would do um, arm accessory work pushing accessory work and we would probably be doing elevated push-ups and then if you're a novice so you've been training for about a year or so you know I'd hope that you could do you know five five strict push-ups or at least Uh, you know negatives plus a press up on your knees or at least a couple of strict push-ups and then if you're intermediate we should be able to bang out like 20 push-ups and then advanced elite we're going up there you know we're going up to like the 40s or the 50s Uh, although I'm not sure if uh, I don't know about any female executing the push-up properly could do 50 in a row maybe uh have at her if you know if she can but yeah we're talking about between five or ten would be a cool range for you to get to and then we've got like a shoulder press like a strict press uh so the average shoulder press for a female lifter who is intermediate is about 34 kilos Uh, so you're standing with the bar in the front rack and then you press it overhead a beginner, you're talking about 13 kilos or so. And then if you're a novice, about 20 kilos, so about a barbell, a male a male bar. So that in pounds is about 28 pounds as a beginner. Intermediate, that's about 75 pounds for a 1RM. Uh, and then if you're like a novice, you know, within your first year or so, we're talking about 48 pounds on the bar. These are all in reference to like one RM. So what you can do for one. And the really cool thing about knowing that and having these milestones is that you could go and test it. So you could go out and you could take these milestones. And this is what I recommend uh, the women who are purchasing the pull up course to do. I've got what I call the famous five. So there's five famous uh, movements when it comes to developing your first strict pull up. And. I'll have a key milestone for those movements. So their first key milestone, say for a hang, is a feed assisted 60-second hang. So that's the first milestone. And then I've got milestones for every famous five movement. And I invited all of the women to go and test those milestones before they even started the program because that would determine what milestone they started at because the, the course has four four milestones. And I would recommend the same thing when it comes to your lifting. If you're not sure how much weight uh, you should be lifting, it's not as it's not as black and white as this. It's quite it's a bit grey. Uh, and you know me, I love the grey. Look, to be honest, the first thing is: have you got the base of the foundation? Are you eating enough food? Uh, have you attended to your weaknesses your imbalances your discomfort your pain your injury can you control your own body so are you good at body weight strength training Uh, do you know how to technically execute the movement or the lift like have you been taught properly uh All of those things are way more important before you even think about the weight. But if you've done all of those things and you've been training and you're not sure if you're pushing yourself hard enough or you're lifting heavy enough, what you can do, what I invite you to do is take these milestones that I have dished out to you. Go and test it. Go and test what your 90 to 100 percent on your squat looks like. Go and test what your 90 to 100 percent on your deadlift looks like. Or it could be an RDL or a sumo, you know, the variation that you feel um, confident and competent uh, at or in, go and test your strict press, go and test your pull-up, go and test your push-up, go and test and see where is your one rep max, where is your 80, like your 90 to 100 percent, you know, what can you do for those one to three reps and note it down. And... Then you'll have the data there. You'll have the milestones that I gave you. So are you at the beginner milestone? Are you at the novice milestone? Are you at the intermediate milestone? The goal is to increase your absolute strength. So we wanna increase the weight that you can do for those one to three reps. And so training at 90 to 100% at least a couple of times a week is really important because that's gonna improve your absolute strength then your priority is to increase, to progressive overload with the variable of intensity of increasing the weight on the bar to increase your absolute strength. Then we wanna be working uh, at submaximal. So we wanna be doing some work, you know, the rep ranges of three to six reps. So, you know, six reps or or less. We wanna be lifting that 80 to 90% Uh, And so the only way that we're going to know that is if we try to do that true 100%. Now, what I would recommend is that you have someone there to support you. Uh, So someone that can spot you, uh, someone, you know, who can cheer you on or you have safety bars there or, you know, especially if you're squatting. Yeah, I don't want you to just go and bust out a 1RM and then get stuck under the bar. We we want to approach it intelligently, uh, but I would recommend you go and test yourself. If it's been a while and you're not sure where your true 90 to 100% is, it's really important that we test that every now and then so we know if we're working, you know, if what we're doing through the week is truly that 8 or 9 out of 10, is truly that, you know, Eighty to a hundred percent of our max, and we don't want to be spending much time on. Yes, for our accessory work. So for the accessory work, we, you know, and if we do need to build a bit more muscle, we can focus on that eight to ten rep range, and this would be really great for a lot of arm accessory work, pulling accessory work. Uh, Single leg strength accessory work, working down more to that 70 to 80 uh, percent, that 8 to 10 rep range would be a really great way to increase our, um, to help increase our absolute strength. I know Jenny asked me a little bit about going to failure Sometimes it's really good to push to failure so then we truly know what we're capable of. I actually really encourage my warriors, depending on what we're doing, but especially a lot for the accessory work is to push to failure, to see what you can actually really do with that weight. And if you can do more reps, then you know that more than the six to eight, I recommend go up in weight. I can do a whole episode on progressive overload if you want. We just did two teaching calls inside of Warriors School, all on progressive overload. So how to confidently and um, basically how to progress your training with ease and confidence. So I can totally, if that's something you'd be interested in me doing, holler, holler at me, let me know. But I could do a two-part series similar to what I just delivered inside of Warrior School on progressive overload which is teaching you how to approach it. So I've given you numbers today, milestones. I've given you percentages. I've given you the reps that you really need to work on and the three different types of strength. I can do some podcast episodes on how do we actually progress the training? And I can give you examples if that's something you'd be interested in. But go out, go out this week and test test some of those key movements now that was only like four or five movements there are many movements that we could test and you could do that in your training you could have a week kind of like test week where you go in and you're like, okay, I'm gonna really test where I'm at with this. I'm gonna push it to that 90 to 100%, something that I can only do for one to three reps or at least less than six. And then on my accessory work, I'm gonna really push it. I'm gonna push it to failure and see how many reps I can do at this weight. And if I can do, you know, over eight or 10 reps at that weight for my accessory, too light. We need to go heavier. Okay, Jenny, I hope that was helpful. If you do have any other questions, just let me know. Basically, lift heavy shit. That will be relative to where you are. Uh, Go out and do test week. Check your milestones. Actually, I love if you do it, tag me, tag me in it. I wanna see, I wanna see you testing your milestones. I wanna see where you're at when it comes to your squat, your deadlift or your RDL, you know, your Bulgarians or your split squats. I wanna see where you're at with your pushup and your pull-up. Show me, tag me in it on the gram, uh, or flick me a video or a little note uh, in the DM or on my email. I'd love to see what you do in test week and where you're at when it comes to these milestones. As always, it was an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. May the strength be with you. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.